0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Back to the Office podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks.
1: Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Back to the Office, the show where we journey back to Slough's premier paper merchants, Wernham Hogg, where life is stationary. Now, Chris, we are on episode two of season two, The Appraisals. And actually, you're going to ask me about a story, aren't you? Because why well, do you just figure one out for yourself? So. so
0: so welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, mate. And I'll tell you what, I have been crying <laughs> listening back. So, so I know we're on episode two, but one of my favourites, just for pure talking, and I think it's one you keep pulling me on, is episode six of the first series. This, this story about me being an altar boy, and you are quick-firing some proper... <laughs> Underhand digs at me, and I'm fucking biting them back like a fucking bat thing. It's <laughs> just like every innuendo possible, but that is one of my favourites. I'm honestly, I've, I mean, I love all of them, but that's just one that keeps standing out. And I'm pissing myself laughing when I'm just like, "You absolute bastard, Dave!" And I, I just, it's like, it's like we rehearse it and we set it up, and I, we genuinely don't. We don't know what each other is going to say. We just walk through the episode, and things come up, don't they, in conversation? But yeah, it's brilliant. I, I mean, I sound like a proper narcissist. It's like he gets it's brilliant it's our show it's but it's just sometimes I, I take myself away from it being me and you and i'm listening to that story and i'm like oh no and then you are just fucking there's a few times you get a few one-liners in and i don't even notice him and then after, i'm like oh you bastard <laughs>
1: what about you seeing some action as an alter
0: boy <laughs> <laughs> told you they'd do anything for a mars bar or twix back in yeah. the day <laughs>
1: Well, I'm pretty sure our long-time listeners know that we don't prepare or script anything. <laughs> well, um, no, I don't. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we take bullet points, but that's as deep as it gets. But uh, yeah, again, it would probably be a, a revelation to other people as well that you were an altar boy. But uh, you know why I like listening back, though, Chris? It's because we we just have this conversation, and it's not it, in real life you don't generally go back and replay a conversation that you've had. And it's surprising how much I listen back to and go, I don't really remember that bit.
0: <laughs> and we both had it as well. That's what's even worse. I know. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
1: So it's good fun. And I have to say, you know, I, I did... After the training day um, and the quiz, you know, in season one, I, I did feel like the series wobbled a little bit. Um, but series two, you know, is just it's straight back into form. You know, episode one was fantastic. Love that in the last episode. And this one, again, I just think there's so many iconic moments. But before we get into the details, Chris... The only story that I could think that has some kind of loose relevance to this and and it 's really down to the uh, down to the appraisal interaction, so not necessarily an appraisal but Back in the day, probably I don't know ten or so years ago, I had a little team with me. I was watching quite a lot of TED talks at the time, so I thought I was, you know, I was getting quite into them and like, okay, this is how they craft a narrative, this is how they tell their story, and I thought, well, with, with the team, I'll try that. And I'd come across this story about Oral B. And what they did, they went to this innovation <laughs> company. <laughs> I can already tell you're going to like this.
0: Someone, I hope someone knows what Oral B is before we <laughs> Oral B, you know the toothbrush people? I know, I know. It's one, really one it. of those
1: nudie, uh, nudie movies, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, so so they went to this innovation company, it's actually called IDEO, and they were after creating this children's toothbrush. This is a good few years ago now, so the convention at the time was kids' toothbrushes were just smaller versions of the adult toothbrush. And the first part of this innovation process is that they go to observe, you know, and they basically got a bunch of people, a bunch of adults, a bunch of kids in a lab, and observe them brushing their teeth. And so, through that observation phase in their uh, innovation cycle, if you like, they observed the fact that the kids held the toothbrushes in completely different ways to the adults. You know, the adults hold, you know, with the tips of their fingers pretty much, kids hold it in their palm of their hand, you know, and, and kind of move the toothbrush differently. So, from that single observation, they were, you know, they were able to figure out, okay, well, if we make the toothbrush more grippy and, uh, you know, so the kids can hold it, you know, get a good grip where they need to. So you go back to your <laughs>
0: analogy on, yeah. there. It's so, yeah. <laughs> like the priest analogy, but so, go <laughs> so they were
1: able to come up with this new children's toothbrush design. Now, I was telling this story, because i was trying to get across the message that actually observing people you know because because in my day job i'll automate systems so you're trying to you know help people along with their jobs and and what they do but the first thing is you need to go and and see what do they actually do not just discuss it in a conference room so that was the message i was trying to get across you know so i told this story i was like i'm the fucking man i am a Ted Talker and uh, someone just goes, uh, We don't make toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Keith in my team, you know, uh, or the Keith equivalent in my team just completely missed it. And I don't know if it was him or if it was me or possibly a bit of both, but in that moment I just thought, Yeah, that's, that's Keith.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, Chris.
1: What about your story?
0: Well, Dave, it came to me in a flash of brilliance, actually. So, if if you do say so yourself. If you do say so myself. (laughs) I've already said how good our show is at the top of it, Dave. So, let's just carry that on with the egomaniac that I am. So, when I was the buyer, I moved to another company. I actually left the um, telecoms place. I've gone on about continuing. And I went to a tool merchant. And this tool merchant used to supply all. Every every two you could think of to like, the MOD, everything. So you sort of knew when there was going to be some sort of conflict because all these orders would go through the roof and after they'd, like, get all these best prices and all that. And we had to have appraisals, right? So my boss sort of gets me in. And I'd not been there long, and I'd, I'd come – I'd sort of demoted myself because I was like, well, I'm getting more money to demote myself than what I was getting at that place. They were terrible payers at, at, at the telecoms place. So – I went to this place, sort of took a back seat, and I'm just sat there dicking around. You know, when people aren't there, Dave, I'm sat in the corner, and obviously with PC. I'm playing emulators on old console Mega Drives and stuff on my PC, and that one I should have been working. Nothing <laughs> changes really, Dave. And I'm sat there. So, so we're going for me appraisal, and I'd been there about six months, and I'd started on reasonable money, and and. Boss gets me and it's like, right, okay, Chris, we're thinking we're doing a, a magazine. We can see you've, we've had done, you've done like company magazines that we send out to our sub- customers and everything, and uh, we know that you can do this sort of thing. So I'm thinking, ah, fair enough, it's what I've done. I've, I've, I've no problem with that. And then they, the boss went, so what we're going to do is we're going to utilise um, your years at university, and we're going to take that marketing degree to the next level, and we want you to get involved. I'm thinking, Marketing degree. I only went to college and did fuck it. I did business admin, but I did electrical engineering when I left school. I'm thinking I did business admin side by side of that. And I'm like, marketing degree at <laughs> that time at university. And am the only the nine fucking kids from a council house. We had fuck all. There's no way my mum would have a payment got a unit. And I'm thinking, and it went on and on. And and the boss went, So what we're gonna do is we're gonna um we're going to give you a slight increase in your wages and we want you to get involved in the the company catalogue and that. You know me, Dave. Never want to shirk every fucking bullshit. (laughs) I went, yeah, no problem. That's fine. Yeah, because I knew I could do it, but I was like, and what what comes to light was about two months after they give me the uh, increase, they only got everyone's fucking appraisals and and wrong. The boss had like a spreadsheet that he'd created. (sighs) With people's strengths and weaknesses, who'd been to unit, he'd only got the names wrong. I think it was like a line out. So some people got praised, some didn't. One of the lads says to me, he goes, I've not said anything. He goes, I've had a fucking two grand pay rise. I've got, I, had, I know he had a degree, but he had some experience. <laughs> and I don't know how this happened and how it even got through. Because obviously the people who must have had these degrees, it wasn't even mentioned to him. Because obviously on your, your CV, nobody you just black it, don't you? You you know, I got told years ago, I think I said it on here, just tell them you can do it because you'll always get trained in it. And if you're incompetent at it, that's your own fault. But most of the time, if you've got something about you, you learn... You can get there eventually, either by mistakes or whatever. But yeah, honestly, so I was like, I got—I think I got about a grand pay rise. I was like, oh, this is fucking great. I've not even done anything, <laughs> and I never said anything. And then when it comes to light, it was like they never asked me. They asked one of the other lads, and he, and they're like, well, we can't change your money now. It's like so honestly, Dave, it caused fucking. I mean, I didn't last much longer there anyway. I left not because of that, but it was just—it was like the highlight of my career. Knowing that you never—you <laughs> always say in business you should never blink—and I sat there like. Like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'll get involved. And I did all right at what I was supposed to do, but yeah, that is where an appraisal goes wrong. And it was about six or seven of us just ended up with the wrong information. Some got pay rises and some didn't. It was so wrong. What was that
1: John Hughes movie that we did in the...
0: Uh... In the mall? In in the Target. Yeah, in the mall. Oh, oh um... I sat all my thingies on that hall, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. I can't believe it didn't come up at that point because the guy gets the wrong CV, doesn't he? John Candy. <laughs> John Candy. Yeah, uh, he's un. <laughs> un-, un- um, he's unnamed cameo in that one, is not he? Oh, yeah. God. But he, he
1: thinks he thinks he's someone else, and and the kids just roll in with it. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. It's the store manager, isn't it? It's the yeah. store
0: manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only come to me now, and I never mentioned it in the show you're right Dave oh that's it, it, honestly it was one of them highlights where I was like I'm not saying a word it was not. career opportunities, opportunities. we've only the done movie, it recently I? as well I know we? yeah.
1: <laughs> it Even was that memorable it.
0: yeah but yeah I mean it, like I say it didn't really last my career I was in the log one because it didn't last much longer than a year there Dave but it was just a little <laughs> highlight of Chris just going yeah 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 whatever
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Now, getting into the episode, Chris, I mean, we start off and obviously we'd had the uh, the racist joke in episode one and David is doing his best to, to prove that he's not racist, isn't he?
0: Oh, Dave, I'll tell you what, all, I, I was just waiting for him to pull out like a fucking Bob Marley album or something, it's just so <laughs> wrong and he goes, did you see the Denzel Washington uh, film last night? And the guy's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Oliver, he's called it. Oliver, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Right, And then he walks up and he goes, uh, you do know, my favourite actor is Sidney Poitier. <laughs> he's just like, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and he's just, again, Dave, it's that awkward comedy genius of like, he's trying not to be racist, but he is being racist, really. He's trying to sort of say, look, I, my, my favourite actors are black. And it's just, it's just brilliant. And it it's not like a laugh out loud moment, but it's that cringy David Brent moment, in it, where it's like yeah. Oliver's just sat there going, Oh, where the fuck do I go? Where do I look? Where do I look? You know, yeah. and then he turns away to the computer. Well, yeah, brilliant again. <laughs> he's just
1: he's just protesting a bit too much, isn't he? That's there's the problem with it. And like you say, I think the actor playing Oliver does a great role as well, you know, because he's his awkwardness of like I, I, what do you actually want me to say? <laughs> do you want yeah. me to go, oh wow, you like uh Denzel Washington? Uh he's black. Wow, you are progressive. <laughs> you know, it's like and and I think without saying anything really, he conveys that with his body language and uh yeah, it's it's a great scene to open up with.
0: Oh, it's just brilliant. And again, Dave, we get another Gareth moment of just pure Speaking what everyone's thinking, but it's the, not the sort of stuff you do. So Lee comes and apologises to Tim, gives him a bottle. Dawn's obviously coerced him into it. And he's like, I'm sorry, mate. I'm really sorry. He's like, no, no, it's fine. He goes, are we sorry? Yeah, we're fine. And fucking Gareth, uh, don't worry about that. I watch everything he does. I watch him like a hawk. They're not at it. And then Lee's just looking at Tim. And he went, I'm sure you're watching her like a hawk, but I'm watching like a And I'm just like, between us, we've got it covered. Yeah, we've got it (laughs) covered. He's so wrong. He's just brilliant to watch. Absolutely. That proper toe curling fucking awkwardness thing is amazing. It's so bad,
1: isn't it? It's so, so bad. And, And like, he's there with his kind of grip exercise machine thing as well. You know, for his charity Wankathon. Again, thinking he's building up these muscles for something in the the army, Chris, the the territorial army.
0: Fucking brilliant, Dave. It's absolutely. And Gareth, again, for me, Mackenzie Crook really comes into his own in this second series as well. He's brilliant anyway, but just in this episode as well, there's so much going on. And it's just ridiculous. But again, Dave, we, we go to David and David's talking about the the appraisals, Have we were saying, and Gareth's there with the sheet holding it up and he's talking about, and he's just talking in metaphors, isn't he? And he's going, oh, yeah. we've got the appraisal and, you know, it's good to, to get to see people. And you're like, oh, fucking hell, this is not going to go well. I remember the first time watching it c- cringing. And then Tim comes in, he's like, Tim Canterbury? Thinking of Canterbury. And I'm like, Right, okay. And he's like, I'm very pleased and proud, trust loads. Like, and then he, he starts saying all these just ad hoc stuff. And then Tim's like, are you reading? Are, are you, are
1: you, are you reading? <laughs> he's got these little, little like, uh, cheat sheets, uh, yeah. sayings, hasn't he?
0: Oh, he's brilliant. And, he, and then David's like, well, well, I'll put them down there, then let me make it less obvious. He's like, but what are you hoping management-wise that would lead to? You know, I, I love Tim because he's saying to know. though, you know, he said, "Well, you know, forget uni. You're in your thirties. Yours, oh, I'm only just thirty. You're thirty-nine. Uh, no, we're both in our thirties. You know, this could be it. You could have all this." <laughs> <It's just
1: laughs> yeah. like oh, but Chris,
0: where he does
1: that that movement, so he sort of again, I've talked about it before, where he gets the the bottom teeth over the top lip, and then yeah. points down to the seat.
0: <laughs> oh, it's
1: fucking brilliant. <laughs>
0: absolutely brilliant <laughs>
1: he's trying to convince Tim you know, no point no point going to university you know And oh, it's, it's just so good and it, again it's, it's this kind of childlike behaviour that he's got that he's got all the uh, he's got a lot of the management speak these little cliches that he's heard before about the appraisals because you know what is it Gareth says Gareth says something about sorting out the wheat from the chaff and David's like, no, no. But and then Gareth shows him the piece of paper. It's like, what about him? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again, just such brilliant kind of a, a, a little tiny nods, and and the fact that you know when David's reeling off all these cliches, it's those r- microsecond glances to the camera. You know, because it's not there. It's not for Tim. It's for the audience. It's because he thinks he's in this BBC documentary. And yeah. I, I just think it's so brilliant. And and again it's the it's consistent behaviour where if he doesn't like the way the conversation's going, he he starts to get a bit ratty and sort of throws his toys out the pram.
0: Oh, it's brilliant because that's when Dawn comes in and she's like, you know, I was a children illustrator who did part-time secretary work. And then, you know, as as things have got on and, and Liam said, it's better if we get full-time jobs because by the time we're getting from work, I'm so tired. I don't... And it's like, wow, this guy is such a control freak. Yeah. And I think Lucy... Davies is brilliant. When Davis is like, well, it's like you do your bit of, you know, bit of doodling, you know, like a, a hobby, of, bit of a hobby, you know, <laughs> you know, dreams are good to have, but also, you know, and then when it fades out and it cuts to then Tim and Rachel flirting <laughs> and that's like the thing, and when he goes back to Dawn he's like, who influences you? And she goes, well, um, oh yeah, mom. yeah. And then she goes, no, 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 Fe- not, not, not female. So she's like, uh, my dad. He's like, no, no, no. In the work, well. Tim and he's getting proper fucking <laughs> narky. Then no, it's, I said and then just she says, say me. Then yes, she <laughs> says, <laughs> then she says Jennifer. And he went no, no. I said no, no females, and it just keeps going on. And then eventually she went, well, you. And then he looks at the camera, and goes, oh, this is awkward. Mm. Like, like she said it spontaneously. It's so good, but, but Dave, that's the sort of thing that managers do. That's the sort of thing managers do. I, I, know for a, I know full well some of my managers over the years have done this. You know, like send emails out, but it's like, go and you yeah. stuff, and, and I have a senior manager, and it's been like, oh, he says what a great relationship you've us all got. And everyone's like looking around the room going, what's Yeah, <laughs> with, you know? And, and so, I mean, I, I've never really committed, well, I committed career suicide when I was younger, as you know, on this show, but not, <laughs> as I've got older, I've done that, not very often, but I will speak my mind if I think so much wrong, no matter who you are, you're getting told if I think you're taking the piss, but I, you know when to fucking shut your mouth, Dave, and not, and I've had people say that, go, oh, that's fucking bullshit. You know, he's never here. He doesn't speak to us. He's, he's horrible. So when Dave is doing this, I think I think this is a great dynamic in this episode, which is very subtle, is he has manipulated everyone at Slough to just agree with him. That's why mm-hmm. he's probably got where he is. Whereas the Swindon lot are like, actually, you're a bellend, and we don't like you. And that's what I think as this episode goes on. That's what it's about. It's a proper manipulation and lesson in management that's clever. Until And when you get the new people, he just, he's not, they're not interested in what he's selling at all. I, I think that as a... As a visual, forget it, it's a comedy and it's, I just think as a visual experiment, it's so true, Dave. He, he sold them all as sales pitch and a dream that they just get sick of fucking disagreeing with him because he acts up like a kid. So they just go along with it and go, yeah, yeah, sure, David, you're the funniest man we've ever met, the best manager we've ever had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they're used to it as well, aren't they? They're used to him playing the fool and trying to be popular and not being very funny. But if you just play along, you know, the work's not too hard. So, you know, if you move somewhere else, it could always get harder. So, yeah, I'll probably just stick around here for a bit longer. So, yeah, you're right. You know, the Swindon lot, when they come in, they've, you know, been used to doing a bit more work, haven't they? And, and so it's a bit of a shock to come in and, and work under David. But, um, yeah, oh, it is a really good one. I wonder, though, you know, does David, does he genuinely think, once, he, once he's manipulated this appraisal discussion with Dawn, does he actually go away from that thinking... Oh, Dawn said, you know, I'm her idol. Yes. You know, she's, um, <laughs> someone she looks up to. He kind of write, rewrites that whole conversation in his head that he, you know, it is the truth that she said, you know, and she yeah. was backed into a corner and couldn't say anything else. I, I genuinely think a lot of people do that.
0: I do. I, th- I think the stuff that he does in this, this is the sort of thing if he's in the pub. With some of his mates and Finchy, and he's like, Oh, he's a girl dawn at work. She was singing me praises, the best manager she's ever had. I'm I'm a yeah. comedy genius. You know, that sort of thing, Dave. We've all had friends like that and managers, everything. we all we all we all manipulate the truth sometimes. But I think I think with David, as this goes on, the next scene's the fucking fire alarm. And he's talking to the camera as he's supposed to be evacuating the building. And Gareth's got a right panic on right, everyone out, and he's opening <laughs> the doors. When and again, you know, Oliver and one of the other guys tries to lift a girl who's disabled, and she was in El Dorado. I kept thinking, what was she in the old crappy BBC show in the 90s? Oh, she God, was the young yeah, kid. the one in Benny Dawn was that. Um, no, I think it was no, El Dorado was in Costa del Sol, I think it might be Marbella oh, is it? Or somewhere. Yeah, we used to, my dad loved it, Dave. Marcus Dandy was the bad guy, so <laughs> I know he, he was actually in real life married to Cassandra off Only Fools and Horses, but a bit of daft trivia there. But yeah, Sam Jesse Summit is called Sam. Uh, My me, me dad loved this. We used to have to watch it. Fucking, It was crap. One at BBC, one at seven. For,
1: it was uh, pretty bad. About six
0: <laughs> months, it was terrible. But we watched it on a loop. My would had them all recorded. But anyway, she's in it. And obviously, he, he, he thinks the camera's there, right? Come on, she's, said, we'll give it. No, 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 I'll get it, I'll get it. And he gets Gareth. And when they get down halfway down the stairs, oh, and they're both fucked, and they just leave, and he goes, well, it's not really a real fire drill, is it? Oh. So, if it, oh, you, know, And she's just sat there, Dave. And I just... There's this two things he does to this girl in this episode. Three, sorry, that are just so subtle and they're so wrong. It's like, yeah. it's it's, it's a, a proper prejudice against her because she's in a wheelchair that you you wouldn't even think of. But, but he, the way Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant have done it, it's from the view of, as if they've spoken to someone who's disabled and they've said, I'm in mm. a wheelchair, this happens to me all the time. And the way he does it for comedy is just fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah. Like you say, it's so 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 disrespectful isn't it you know uh, the fact is he's tried to be the hero you know and and because it's a bit hard work he's just like oh well you know it's only a drill it's not a real thing but you know basically he's left her stranded because he's he's carried her down to a certain point so she can't get back up if she wanted to you know so until someone actually goes and gets her now I, I, it's just such a an awful, awful thing to do.
0: Oh, it's terrible. And then it pans to her when they've been outside for a bit. And they've got one of the guys there, which is typical of people at work in offices and that. There. There's a guy there throwing punches him with the ball there who doesn't really speak. You know when he says about, um, what's he called, fucking in last week, you know, you don't do that in the workplace. And he said, he don't sound like that. And he... Um, <laughs> he's he's, he's like showing him how to throw a punch and one of them's got the hands up as if he's hitting it and they're all just trying you know it's all we can't hear what they're saying but it's all just sort of mumbling that you would get people in their packs of the friends and stuff and it pans to her and she's still on the stairs looking forward and I'm like oh Oh, shit and then but then you see when they all come back in Dawn is getting jealous then of Tim because Rachel's got a a genuine interest in him I think it's a great thing that they've added her into this series
1: yeah, sorry, I was just trying to cast my back so it was Eric Hitchmo, wasn't it? Was Hitchmo, the was the yeah. guy was yeah. the guy who uh he was doing an impression of and he asked, anyone know Eric Hitchmo from the Coventry Conference? And it's this guy with the bald head who's like, Yeah, I know him, but he doesn't speak like that <laughs> <laughs> So I I just had a mind uh bl- my mind was blank there what Eric Hitchmo's name was. Sorry, Chris, what was the question? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something about Dawn getting jealous. I think the way they're they, they sort of drawing Dawn's feelings out for Tim, his cleverness yeah. with Rachel, just yeah. giving him that bit of attention. And it's the way Dawn has that real awkward look, that sort of really like, you know, forget that I'm with somebody, you're not allowed to be with someone, look. It's really clever what Lucy Davies says. I think her acting is brilliant.
1: Yeah, again, she... she on this rewatch she remains like a surprise to me just how good and how subtle her performance is because again you know you can kind of see where she's coming from again she's settled for life hasn't she she's settled for a job she's settled for a relationship she really really likes Tim she just hasn't got the balls the lady balls to actually get up and and you know finish it with Lee and and get with Tim and you've constantly got this willie won'tie type of thing and th- the camera work is great again I, I in my memory in my mind i'm thinking this relationship develops over a much longer period than it does but it's yeah. very clever it's just little hints isn't it it's just dropped in there these little interactions that Tim has with Rachel and, yeah, it just builds up that flirtiness. But, of course, you know, Gareth's got his eye on her as well. Oh, it's so good what he says, though, <laughs> doesn't he,
0: Gareth? He goes to the talking head, and Gareth said, He's like, well, oh, you know, I don't like to I've got my eye on someone here, actually. But I'm not going to say who it is, but Tim's trying to muscle in there. And you know what happened between him and Dawn? It's like, well, you give it away, Gareth. And, you know, it's almost like, don't tell me your name, Pike. It's just ridiculous. It's so stupid.
1: <laughs> oh, but Chris, we we come to possibly the most quotable uh, and memorable pieces from this episode, oh, and that is Keith's appraisal.
0: Yeah. outstanding, and the outtakes are amazing, Dave, for this one because they just can't keep it together. You know, and I've I've sent you a video. There's a half-hour video of all the stuff that was uncut. And that was cut, sorry, from the series. And I think there's probably only two scenes in it that should have stayed in. But the, it's, some of it is around Keith and, and it's this, this just ridiculous. Like, there some great scenes they didn't put in. But I think with Keith, Dave, it's that... You can see at one point, he, the guy who plays Keith, he's trying to hold himself from laughing. It's when he's you in something, gun. isn't it? Yeah, I can't remember he, what his surname is. When he's, when he's chewing the gum. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's just you've put accounts, that's <laughs> your job and he went, yeah and then he went, under oh, weaknesses you've put X man, and then it goes off and I'm fucking crying, I'm just like what is going on? It's so good,
1: I mean you know, a lot of this credit does go to just how deadpan Keith is, but I mean Ricky Gervais sat there, can you imagine him sat there writing out this line weaknesses, oh, fucking- X man
0: it's fucking brilliant! It's so good, Dave. Because you know, you know, the next scene is, and it's panning between Keith's obviously appraisal with David. Is the two girls, Dawn and Rachel, are talking now in the uncut or the cut scene when they're talking about Tim and she's like, oh, you know, you know, you what? Bit. There's another bit to it where they start saying about being lesbians, winding Gareth up. And Gareth sat there, and then they're like, do you want to join us, Gareth? And he bottles it and bolts out the, out the room. Like, he absolutely <laughs> shits himself. But he don't, obviously, it wouldn't have worked, really, but it's quite a funny scene. But when it goes back to him, when he keeps saying, like, you've not filled in this form, and he went, so you've got four options, and he just keeps saying, I don't know. And then David went, well, if, yeah. if I don't know wasn't there, what would you say? And he's just like, right, we're leaving this. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs>
1: Again, just just brilliant. It's the fact that he goes through all the options each time for each question, and then Keith just like ponders it for a bit.
0: Yeah, it's excellent. Don't know. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. And then to make Davey's fucking day worse, he goes. He says, "I'm doing an appraisal on the Swindler," and there's Neil in his fucking leather jacket again, and they are absolutely lapping it up he's just having a joke with him and he's like right I'll see you later david he goes and they're all smiling and this is when it gets to another moment of just classic brent and he's like you know is it different? And he's asking him in and that welsh girl even though she's right she plays a great character because she sort yeah, of don't yeah. like her because she's like oh we don't do anything these people aren't there getting away with murder and it's like well oh, yeah it's fun and he's he's like trying to play it up I just think it's brilliant, honestly. I just think everything he says, and he says, what's good about Swindle? Hands up, who's funny, me and Neil. And <laughs> Neil put the hands up, Neil. And he's, just like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now he's red rag to a bull, isn't it? I can't oh. remember which podcast it was. The, the other day we were talking about, don't ask questions that you don't want the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. He just gets, you know, really... Uh, uh, really annoyed then. But when he goes out for a drink again, you, you mentioned three moments with the girl in the wheelchair. I'm assuming these are another because oh he just God. wheels her around like she's a piece oh. of furniture.
0: That, Dave, I swear to God. So he says something, let's go for a drink. They go in the bar and the well skills not there funny enough. And they're in the bar. And, and obviously, as he gets the drinks, he gets everyone a drink in. He starts talking about fucking this woman who's got alopecia and all that and her husband and stuff, do not he, Dave? And it's like, it's not, not really a nice family home and all this. And he, he walks around to her. It's the two bits he does when he just moves her out the way. So he moves yeah. her out of the way subconsciously. And, and, and I'm, I'm guaranteed that he would have spoke to probably her about what are the sort of things people do that really annoys mm-hmm. you about you being, and I'm sure she would have used it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in her, she might not have, but I think Ricky Gervais' observational comedy here and Stephen Merchant is brilliant because it's not hysterical, but it's sort of like, holy shit, that is so fucking bad.
1: It's that butter-clenching cringiness, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think, and and you're right. Whether it was that actress or someone else disabled, you're right. It's probably either observed it. You know, a lot of this stuff I, I think is from the uh, from observing people. Uh, in, like, the BBC offices and stuff. <laughs> it's you know, so whether he's observed that actual event or, or something. But, yeah, it's not one of those where you laugh out loud. It's just so cringy. And you just can't believe he's actually doing it. Because, like you say, he does it multiple times, doesn't he? Oh, it,
0: it, honestly, he does it at the start. And then... As the, the, the thing goes on, he's trying to tell a few stories. Nobody's taking him up. Them two guys are talking. He's like, is it an in-joke? You know, you're not going to benefit <laughs> from this because they're obviously taking the piss. That they Someone over there we know, and they're obviously having a pop at David. But when, at the end of it, I've got to give David credit, Dave, because he absolutely, it's, makes me piss when he just goes... And he's looking at Keith eating and everyone's looking at him. And we've all been there in these awkward like meals with work and that where something that is just so tedious, everyone sort of latches onto is like, please get me out of here sw- let the fucking floor, swallow <laughs> me up. And they all look at him, he finishes Keith. the day, he goes, Good. He goes, Yeah, not bad. Yeah,
1: It's <laughs> taking ages, Keith, isn't he? No, Though he's just so
0: painfully
1: drawn out.
0: Oh, it's excellent. He's and then he just looks at all of them and goes, It's been a washout it's been a washout oh, and he just picks and he pushes her out of the way again in the wheelchair yeah. and just fucks off. And this is where for me, now I will say there was a, at the start with Gareth and Dawn and that, that was the bit where I did laugh out loud. There wasn't a lot in between. There was just loads of cringy moments, but this next whole bit for me was just gold. So he walks in and Neil's playing cricket with the team. Dave, we used to have a pitch and put thing at our place when I worked in the sales mm. office. And he, it was like, it was a Friday Everyone had hit the targets about three o'clock. We'd had a couple of hours till we finished. And we used to do like a poker school at five. I got it's probably so wrong now. It, not poker school, a blackjack school. Everyone would put a quid in on a Friday. We used to cut the takeaway special. We get two decks of cards and everyone would just fucking stand there fucking we don't you get like twenty-five quid for a takeaway. We did it every <laughs> Friday, right? I I won a few times, but I wasn't really a blackjack player, it was more luck. But we used to play the golf and we got done, didn't we? Someone had to fucking pitch and put one day and tried to... One of the guys was a proper golf and he tried to... He didn't smash anything, oh, but, you know, he's a fuck fucking say. golf ball flying around the office. So when they're doing this and David walked in and he's just like, oh, right, yeah. Busy, are we? Yeah. yeah. And Neil is just, Dave, I can feel it coming. You know yourself. If you all of a sudden overstep your mark with your boss where you're in the wrong, we've all had that bollocking. We've all had it. And I'm just looking at David like,
1: Oh, no. <laughs> But the thing is, you know, and and I remember uh, in the office, we we had a little cricket set up. So, you know, it's just a bit of having a break. You can't solidly work in an office for eight hours. You do need something to break up that monotony. Yeah. And, you know, Neil seems to have a better balance of, you know, having a bit of fun with people, um, but not like just pandering and trying to be popular regardless and, and telling, you know, outdated jokes from the 80s or something. But I actually think, I can't work out if it feels in character or maybe he just doesn't respect Neil at this point. Because I I, I seem like with Jennifer, he's always trying to worm his way out of things. Whereas with Neil, he just literally says to him, oh trying to be popular, pathetic. You know, and I, at that point, you're just like oh, you're in for a fucking roasting, you are <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I do like Dave, the guy who plays Neil, when he tears strips off him and he's like, I don't have anybody speak to me, senior manager, anybody. But And I just love the way he goes, Dave, you're a good bloke. You know what I mean? And he shakes yeah. his hand, Dave, not many managers that do that. I know it's for the TV show, but... He is, Neil's a good guy, even Tim says he's a good guy you know, after, I mean I want to talk about afterwards in a minute but the way yeah. Neil roasts him and then goes and then uh, Tim's like alright oh, Neil take care mate and all that, even Gareth's like yeah. liking, that's a bit out of order but Dave I'm sorry, this next bit is pure office politics this is for me oh, is absolutely sensational this, this dialogue with Tim and, and Gareth it is amazing See, I, I don't like this bit again i I just
1: feel like um I like Brent when he's more buffoonish and he's putting his foot into things, but it's so manipulative he he's a bit butt hurt isn't he you know he's yeah. been he's had a roasting from neil, but neil has has done about as best as he could do in that situation he's he's let David know where those boundaries are, don't overstep them again. Look, I believe in you. Let's move on from this. It's it's a closed book for me now. Let's let's carry on. And he comes out and he's like, "Oh, I should have heard him in there slagging you off." And, I was yeah, just, and you. As, soon as he says it, <laughs> it, it's like, "Oh, David, what are you doing?" <laughs>
0: For Dave, I thought he was coming to go, because when he said Tim was going, he seems like a really good bloke, Neil. He went, yeah. Oh, he's slagging you right. And you got what's he said? But when he said about Oh, I'll tell you what, I fucking, if it kicks off, you better get out and all And Gareth went to dropped a bit of backup, you know, and, and he's saying about karate in that David. I'm just fucking. Oh, the karate, just, yeah, yeah. Crying for a window or whatever. He says, I was fucking crying, honestly. And, oh, I'll tell but, you but, what though. It, it,
1: it, how many people have you met? Or oh, don't you don't need to put on a figure, but how many people do you have you met? Who you find out? Oh yeah, I'm a black belt in karate or something. But I don't ever do it because I know I'd win. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd, I I'm a bit scared that I might kill them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, oh, no. Fuck off! <laughs> you know you to get that black belt. You've done your forms, and that's it. You know you haven't actually fought anyone. So it, when Brent was going on about the karate, and putting him it's through brilliant. the wall, that that was cool But like I say, I don't. I'm saying I don't like it. I don't. I don't like David doing it. But it is still fucking comedy gold.
0: oh it's brilliant. It's absolutely sensational, and. I think what makes me laugh is Tim and Gareth don't realise that he literally had a 20-second conversation with Neil where Neil just tore a strip off him. But the amount of stuff that David's saying Neil has said in this 20-second conversation, yeah. he must have been speaking like a fucking speed talker because he no way. Continuity <laughs> just, doesn't quite work, yeah. does it? <laughs> no, but they don't They don't pick up on it, Dave, which is brilliant. And, and he just fucking goes off. He, and you're right, he, his whole... Persona changes because he gets proper wicked and nasty, but I just love the way he's trying to get them on side with him. Uh, and and from there, obviously, Dave is fucking licking his wounds, but he's Gareth with that Rachel. She, she's oh. there making a brew, and he comes in, and he's like, boyfriend, um, he, like, do you have any previous kids from another relationship? And then it's like, I know Tim uh, Finger, but if you do get off with him... Um, I don't do sloppy. So, and then she "Well, what happens if I want?" Oh. Thinking he comes back and goes, and he points at a fucking, uh, you know, he a lady at the guy. crotch. And, yeah, they're kind of well, if he's gonna go in there, can you make sure he wears a condom whilst <laughs> pointing to it? I'm just like, holy oh. shit! <laughs> and that guy with the bald head walked in at that exact moment when he would even when he says a condom. Oh, it's brilliant! Uh, he's, oh oh I, my god. You, yeah. <laughs>
1: Honestly, the bit with David and, like say, cringing and, and all the different points up to this bit, this takes the cringe factor up to 11. Because oh, you're just amazing. like, fucking hell, you just want the ground to come up and, and swallow her up. It's like, take me away from this awkward conversation. Um, but again, brilliant, brilliant delivery by Mackenzie Crook. Just oh, it's, how it's... he can make it. And with such a deadpan, you know, matter of fact expression about everything, it's just brilliant that, that he can do that. And like you say, the, the actress as well has done a brilliant job. The fact that she doesn't
0: just burst out laughing. it's <laughs> oh, <that's> brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely sensational. And then we, we then get David again because we had a couple of times now in the last few episodes, even towards the end of the episode, where David's licking his wounds and his pride's gone and all that stuff. And he's... He's sat there and Dawn comes in and he's chatting to her and he goes, I'm fed up, I'm fed up. And yeah. Dawn's like not wanting to say she wants to because he's telling her about, I need to do this report, I need you to print this off and this, this suspense thing and all that. And then when he fucking says to her and he pulls the beer out, and he's talking to it and he's like, he's saying, Well, what 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 funny impressions do we do? And she's like, uh, and Kermit. He sounds nothing like it. And then he Muppet Show. Yeah. Kermit D frog, you know, and he's like doing, doing Robbie as well. And then Frog. Yeah, <laughs> Not bad on Kermit Day, but when she says to him, she's brilliant, do you do Gonzo? No. <laughs> she's getting into it. And he gives her the fucking beer and that fucking Excalibur poem, Dave, is just horrendous. Oh. Horrendous. <laughs> to to write
1: that, do you reckon he, he must he, he must have spent a long time agonising and making it just so bad?
0: Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's so about putting your putting your thing in the lake and all this, Dave. And it's like the and he Dave so like, Do you get the double meaning? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then because it's so awkward it just randomly starts playing the fucking beer bottle as the show finishes i just yeah it's just nonsense and as we talk about it the unpacking of what they've done again in a half hour episode is so oh, amazing it's so it's so condensed isn't it just
1: <sighs> and and when you're watching it some bits like feel slow like when keith's Finishing his <laughs> his pub lunch, and everyone's just sat there. And David Brent in particular is just watching him finish. It's agonising how long it's taken him. It feels slow in that moment, but yeah. there's so many jokes and and awkward situations all crammed into this half hour episode. I, I just I, I'm constantly amazed by it and surprised by it with every episode that we go through.
0: Oh, it's so good, Dave. It, honestly, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's been such a great experience and it's just so easy to talk about it, you know, just to go through and me and you just have a chat. and uh, Every time we get, because what, what I like is, and everyone listening is the same, is you have different parts of the show that make it, you know, different little scenes that are funny to you and not funny to them. And and, and that's what I love at the end. That's what I've, I normally i into. But like, what would you say was your favourite moment of this episode, Dave?
1: So I think it has to be the awkward moment with uh, Gareth and Rachel. So, and and it's, they'd had the initial awkward conversation. So that was almost like the foreplay, foreplay of awkwardness. Um, but when she thinks it's all over and she's like, that was awkward, wasn't it? And she comes out and, and <laughs> Gareth's just like... Um, if you do go with tim and you expect me to go in there and you can't see it chris but i am actually doing point the point in. in action right now <laughs> then can you make sure he wears a condom and the guy like you say with the bald head is just in the background and he's like what the fuck have i just walked into oh, <laughs> it it's phenomenal um and just how all these moving parts work so well for this scene, and it's just yeah, I think that's my favourite one from this.
0: Good stuff. Because well, mine, Dave. I know sort of like it's got to be the bit after Neil has given a bollocking. I know it's probably the most obvious one, but I just love. I've been on the wrong end of that so many times where someone's saying to me, "You won't hear what he's saying about you or she's saying about you," and you go along with it. And and sometimes it is to go with someone's narrative. They've not even said anything, and it, and I just. I know you're right about it. It is sort of bipolar David Brent, but I just think the way Ricky Gervais delivers it to Neil and Gareth and they don't pick up as I just recently said about the time scale of this conversation like the 22nd bollock into it, it literally talking to him as if he's had like a two minute slanging match no because he, he says to me straight away did you hear what happened in there did you hear us in there yeah. like, no no I didn't hear a thing and that's when the whole elaborate story to save face comes about so for me that has happened so many times with people I've worked with so yeah I just think that's absolutely brilliant yeah I I
1: I just think stretching the truth is one thing but I mean that is just absolute barefaced lies isn't it from from the Brent Meister general so I think that's why it jars with me a little bit but there have been other episodes where it jars with me as well like the you know the sleaziness from uh the new girl episode yeah. you know when he's doing the interview and everything it, it just feels slightly off with his character. But ultimately, you know, it's the same people doing all the writing isn't it. It's Merchant and, and Gervais, at least on the uh, on the episode credits. But um, no, it's absolutely awesome, mate. Another great, great Office episode.
0: Oh, brilliant, mate. Thank you. And if anyone wants to contact us, guys, and we, honestly, we can't thank you enough for all the social media comments people are constantly you know retweeting and mentioning about the show which is great honestly because this is purely a time capsule for me and Dave. it's just, you know it's something that we love so passionately and once we started podcasting it's always been in the back burner to do something to do the office we even on comics emotion which was our first ever podcast and it's still going strong where we do the TV movie stuff we were even going to try and find some sort of comic Even one one tab of someone of David Brent. We were even gonna draw something, weren't we? Just so we could actually review like part of either the series or the Life on the Road movie, just just to justify our love of David Brent. So instead we went, you know what, let's make a podcast. So so it's so good so honestly get over to our twitter guys at backtotheoff or if you want to email us the Podcast at gmail.com and if you do get a chance please review us on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify wherever you listen to us it'll just help us uh, get all them charts and we'll read out uh, the ones we get as well we do appreciate them thanks guys awesome mate well
1: thank you very much sir and I'll see you next time take care everyone bye